With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Harry Grant, the match winner, Melbourne Storm, have stolen 16 points to 12 at no stage of regular time with a Melbourne Storm in front. You go to extra time and Harry Grant goes bang. Here's a nice ball and some great stepping. Ezra Mann breaks through. Far worth chasing. A kick for Oates to chase. This is unbelievable. Look at this for a neck and neck. It's a try. Has he scored? Who's got the head first? Herbie thinks he's outgunned them all. And the Panthers have suffered their third home defeat since 2020. Yeah, good afternoon. Welcome to Crunch Time, brought to you by Before You Dig, lodge a free inquiry online. You just heard the call, Matt Thompson, Channel 9, and that is right. The Penrith Panthers lose round one in dramatic style. The Brisbane Broncos, of all teams who have been battered from pillar to post last year, they come out enormously. Kevy Walters, of course. People were questioning Kevy. The club doubled down. They re-signed him, and then they get a famous victory over the Penrith Panthers. Is the kryptonite for Penrith, England. Uh, in, of course, the World Club Challenge, St Helens, the English St Helens team come out and beat the Penrith Panthers. And then Herbie Farmworth, the English gentleman, scores two tries. This is Crunch Time, brought to you by Before You Dig. Welcome to our listeners, however you're tuning in, through the SEN Network, through 1170 in Sydney, 693 in Queensland, SENQ, and 1620 on the Gold Coast. Scotty Sattler is ready to rock and roll. G'day, Sats. How are you, Sugar? Good to be here. Um, great to be back. How good was it? Thursday night. Was amazing. Not only a great game, but you could have thrown up any game on Thursday. And I was yep. that excited that the footy was back, um, and what a game to to start the season. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Just off the top there, you're talking about the Panthers, and we watched them last night. They're a little bit rusty, a little bit clunky. But I've got to say, a lot of the great clubs over the years have been early on in the season. Yep. In years gone by, the Broncos famously would would drop two or three of their first five or six games, but. It's about how they come home, which is most important. But uh, definitely a new-look side. Absolutely. Well, Trent Robinson has had great success in his 10 years. Only three times has he won the first-ever game. We know Bellamy's record. That's been ad nauseum spoken about. But the great man from the Sydney Morning Herald, who is just the worker. We're talking about his off-season. Is there an off-season? That's the question. Adrian Prezenko joins us for crunch time. How are you, mate? Yep, I'm on. Yes, uh, an did. off button and an off season. An off season, off button. <laughs> it's I, not live. We'll start again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. we, we did have an off season, and I had about six weeks off. And the last thing I did from a work was perspective was getting paid to go to Hollywood. So Tim Zhu was in training camp. At the time, we thought he was going to fight for the undisputed world Mm. title against Charlo. And I thought, how good is this? In a month's time, I'm going to go back to Vegas. And what did Charlo do? He went and broke his hand. So that was best laid plans. I'm sure nothing bad would have happened a week in Vegas preparing for a world title fight. I reckon outside of that week, it's not a bad thing that that fight got called off, I think, in the scheme of things. I think he's taking the right road now, Tim. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, in many respects, Charlo could be an even tougher fight. This is the only guy who's beaten Charlo. Mm, Harrison. had a rematch, and Harrison was winning the rematch until he walked into one late into the fight. So, like, it's it's not going to be easy. It's no walk in the park for Tim Zoo. Let me ask you this, Adrian Prezenko. Did 
Did your work find your love for boxing or did you always love boxing and that found you the job at the work? A little bit of both. So I've there's always a bit of crossover between league, like mm. going back all the way to Anthony Mundine and the incredible transition that he made, Sonny Bill Williams and the rest. So and, and now you've got, you know, the footballers that are that are sort of transitioning in as well. And there's some really good ones. And then you've got guys like Todd Carney and versus Chris Sandow, <laughs> who should never be yeah. allowed in. Blake Ferguson would probably be the worst fighter I've ever seen in all of my time. Really? He was terrible. <laughs> Poor bugger. Uh, P. Bedell on Sports Day throughout the week broke the news that Jason Taumalolo was having a fight at the season's end. So, on, so on I look at Jace. Is he a bit too big? We'll find out. I tell you what, at, at heavyweight, it doesn't matter. No. If you're fit and you know how to – the techniques of boxing. Can, can he throw him? Don't know. He thinks he can. Yeah. So we're going to find out. What soon. about him versus Tavita Pangai Jr.? I think How that, good would that I be? I think that or Nelson Osofa Solomana. Oh. Yeah. I just remember those images of Nelson. I think it was in Bali where we was throwing them at some <laughs> taxi driver. And I just thought, if he connects, like, that guy's head will end up in like – Seminyak or something. It was, just, it was ridiculous. Just on Seminyak. Now, you had, have been to Bali. We were talking about um, off-air, and I think our listeners should be privy to this information, is you've got your a milestone anniversary coming up, Adrian. Mm, yes. And Sats and I threw you a little short ball, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's 20-year wedding anniversary, oh, but the poor, long-suffering Mrs. needs a holiday, probably from me, but I'll take her with me. Um, and we a lot of the... Destinations we go to are those sorts of destinations, like the the hot close by ones, like a, a Vanuatu or a Bali or, or something like that. But yeah, you, you've tipped me into something, Joel, yeah. and, and yourself, Sats. Yeah, Queenstown, mm. best place on earth. Now our man here, who's running the show, the old Capitano, he's going to be here for five hours. We are at two hours. Adrian, you've got a two hour shift, and then you're going to hand the baton to Brian Fletcher mm. for Let It Ride, the inaugural Let It Ride, and we've got a competition coming up mm. which you're going to absolutely love. But the El Capitano of said programs, Alex Molshinov, we call him Alex Cecile because of the great song, Our Lips Are Sealed, which people get that say wrong, Alex Cecile. <laughs> Morning Glory's very own Matthew Johns calls him the maestro. Mm. And the maestro's here. How are you, maestro? Very well, boys. It's a delight to be back. Saturday Arvo is nothing better. Does Matty Johns demand you? Like, Demar- do you come as part of his package for his show on Friday? I don't know what deal was struck, but they have carved out Friday mornings. I don't want to, you know, put myself on too high a pedestal. But yeah. Well, you are. But so, yeah. yeah. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do for Let It Ride. We'll start yes. taking the registrations now. So what's going to happen is throughout the hours of 2 o'clock till 5 o'clock, daylight savings yep. time, we are going to have a punter yep. who has to select a horse that will place. Yep. So the horse needs to place. If, if it's seven or less, it needs to run first or second, but it needs to place. And what's going to happen is if you are in the chair for the last particular race and you place, you win the prize. Now, these prizes are going to build over time. Today, we have a steed in football signed by the missile James Magnuson, Nick Davis, who basically steered the Swans to glory in 2005. Scotty Sattler, he needs no introduction. Adrian Brezenko, Bearshead, Brian Fletcher, myself, will all sign that steed in football, plus a Signet Power Bank. And all you simply need to do is you stay in the chair as long as your horse keeps placing. The assignment is Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. All those races between 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock. There's about 14 races in total. If you're drawn out and your horse places, you stay in the chair. The name of the game is that you're in the chair for that final race. If you get it wrong and you're in the chair, 
well, it's the next person who was about to come in. So if you find yourself just missing out, then basically you're pulling the tail of the person in the chair to win the prize. So the student football signed by the team here at SEN plus the Signet Power Bank, that is the way to do that. To register, all you simply need to do is give us a thumbs-up emoji on the text line. 0457 736 736 is the way to do that. Happy with that, Seal? That's right. And we've got the whiteboard here. You're out, you're out. You're, you're off out, the whiteboard. So the queue will keep on moving throughout the afternoon. That's exactly right. You uh, actually physically got a whiteboard. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, okay. Nice. This also, is also, boys, big giveaway to do our best text caller today, a double pass to the Supercars race day tomorrow in Newcastle. If you don't win the tickets, you can catch SEN's coverage around one of the 2023 Supercar Series at Newcastle live from midday this Sunday tomorrow on SEN and the SEN app. If you don't live in Newcastle or can't get there, still try and win the prize. Maybe you've got a mate or family member who would like to do that. Righto, boys, let's get into this. Uh, Sats, what's your take of the start of this season? Well, couldn't have started off any better on Thursday yeah. night. Oh, I've got to say, if Parramatta had played a majority of the sides on Thursday night, not sure whether you agree or not, I think they would have probably won and, and won comfortably with the amount of possession they had in that first half especially. Unfortunately, they come up against a side who the entire three months of the preseason has revolved around bashing each other senseless and loving confrontation in yes. defence and making the right decisions. And That's the Melbourne Storm, and that's the way that it ended up playing out. And Well, Melbourne Storm, have, and being a a person that's played under the Melbourne uh, against the Melbourne Storm when when Bellamy was coaching, as did you, Joel. Yes, is they continue just to slowly strangle you into submission until you blink, and that's exactly what happened in that game. They they allowed them to get to an even scoreline, get to Golden Point, and then Harry Grant, who you believe is going to be the Dalian winner this year, I think so. Sugar Kane um, was the match winner, so. I've got to say, also, I, 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 has there been? I heard a rumor too, Sats. By the way, and I've been, has there been a change to the Dalliums this year? Not sure. No, not sure. The, there's this. I, I did the votes on uh, Thursday night game. I heard there was a collective sort of. Yeah, go, but anyway, okay. Yeah, so, so you've done your votes just, just on, on your app own, and okay? Do my apps and in yep. each individual position, and um, but I, I've got to say, also with Penrith, I didn't expect Penrith to to set the world on fire round one. Yep. Round two, round three, they're going to be a little bit clunky. I mean, losing Appy's enough, but seeing Sonny Luke come in last night, I think he's going to fill that void pretty easily. But in saying that, the biggest loss is Army on that left-hand side. And I think the person that's going to miss him the most is Jerome Luai, just having that big target to go towards. And as a defender, I'm loving that Army's not there as well, you know, if you're playing against them. So, and my most improved team of the of the season this year was going to be the Warriors, and they got off to a a grinding win against the Knights. So all in all, I think it's been a really successful couple of days. What about you, Adrian? Yeah, unbelievable way to start the year. Uh, Parramatta v Melbourne. I thought some of the the young guys like um, Jermaine Hopgood, who hasn't played a lot of football. He's outstanding. He's going to be one of the buyers of the mm. year. Absolute bargain buyer of the year. Um, a couple of the other guys like uh, Matt Dory, um, they filled in as well. Jack Murchin did a good job. I was just watching that game and just thinking, what would be going through Ryan Madison's head right now? Oh, the... A really close game where oh, he probably thought, right. I could go out there and I could be the difference and, and just provide a little bit of leadership. Without you know, Sean Lane especially. Especially without yeah. Sean Lane. And he's there counting his cash. I'm just, yeah, I know, to be fair to him, I know he made that decision to, to cop the suspension and that would have been done in the hours preceding the grand final where he, he would have been emotional and, and all of that. And I know if he'd had his time again, he would have changed his mind. but Well, he but, tried to change it, didn't he? So he did try and change his he mind. He did. He did. Too but, late. But you look at their draw, right? So they've, they've had a really tough loss to Melbourne. Their next game is against the Sharks. 
Round three, Manly at home. Round four, Panthers. I think some of these teams are coming off buys as well, aren't they? And, and then you've got the Roosters in round five. Mate, Ryan Madison comes back. Their season could be over. They could be zero and you know one, you know, three or four or five. Like it's, it's a real concern. Like that's going to really stretch the depth of that team. Mm. That mm. is a hard, hard way to start. So, what did you make of the Broncos? Because I, before the season even kicked off, I looked at the Broncos back line, and I think it's one of the most exciting back lines in the comp. And then you look at their forward pack, and it's, it's laced with representative players. I can't see how they don't play finals. But without talking about predictions, I was really impressed with, with how patient they were. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was yeah really impressive, and they out Penrith Penrith as well. I thought that the big thing for me for Penrith over the last couple of years has been their speed off the line. Like they are the fittest team. Like they come out and they they t- chase the collision. They do it better than anyone. Brisbane matched them. I mm. thought it was inc- really impressive. And well, guys like you know Payne Haas, Carrigan, Fleger. Like, Fleger's going to be a big pickup for the Dolphins. I know that they've paid a lot of money for him, um, but he's a huge loss. Mm. Have your say, 0457 736 736. I was just sharing uh, on social media uh, the way to enter our particular competition this yes. afternoon, Let It Ride, and I had my own number on there. <laughs> I was saying, it's just, I was writing, just simply text into uh, the show and I put my own number. Yeah, that'd be great <laughs> to go public. <laughs> I was that close to yeah. Preston Sand. So you were a chance of winning a signed football yes. that you had signed? Yes. Well, or getting drunk and phone calls at 3.15. I know. Yeah, I was that close. I was that. so close to doing that. Anyway, have your say. 0457 736 736. It's in my head now. Um, is a way to do that. Uh, it is Scotty Sattler, who, of course, that famous tackle. 200-plus uh, first-grade games. Two-time Walkley Award winner, Adrian Brezenko. The Seal is here. Um, oh, you're a Jimmy Smith show regular too, aren't you, Adrian? Yeah, yeah. I have, have been for a while, so... Is he needy, Jimmy? Is he? Does he just let you go? Or sure, go. Listen, no, no, before listen, we start the season, you got you got to stop this this campaign against our great mate James Smythe. You know I'm what? with him, mate. I think he'd make a great rugby league CEO think, one day. I'm, I'm actually. <laughs> I'm, I do. You, oh, you got him the best. I think he'd make a great rugby league. Me. I was going to say I'm enjoying my time with him before he takes over the joint venture club. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad that like, people from outside are seeing what he can bring to the game. Well, last night, the Scottishman, great Mark Thompson, um, the question was asked by, who was it asked by? Might have been asked by Gibbo, I think. Uh, who's the hardest to work with out of the SEN League? But, and I'm not saying he did say Jimmy Smith, and I'm not saying he didn't. Um, but that's the way to have I, your I say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I would love to know what his first initiative as West Tigers boss would be. Because mm. there was a period there, like Justin Pascoe's been in that chair for a long time now. But there was a period there where they were rotating through the CAs really reg- regularly. And there was one who I won't name who came in and his first address to the players was, listen, boys, I've been thinking about our brand and what we mean to our community the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to cancel Mad Monday and we're going to go out into the community and deliver gifts. And oh, yeah, that was going real well. Yeah. <laughs> lasted three months. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine that. Okay, keep them coming through. Thumbs up if you want to participate. The Reptiles team, Will's there, Bob's there. There's a stack of them coming through. What we're going to do, we'll draw out the order. The order, we need that done by, I reckon we need that done by about 1.30. So you need to get it in by 1.30. We'll draw out the order, and then uh, if you get it right, you march on. We let it ride. That's the way to do that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Just before we break, boys, good to see Australia in the cricket get themselves back in the groove. Can I ask you, Joel, and yeah. you, Adrian, and this is what everyone's starting to say, all my friends are saying the same thing to me, Steve Smith needs to be captain. Oh, uh, yeah. 
timing. And I, I know it's easy to, to say that after they've had a win in the toughest place to win a cricket yeah. match. But to me, they just seem a little bit more settled. You've mm. got someone that can focus on um, the entire dynamics of the game and probably why a, a pace bowler hasn't been a, a captain for so long. Now, there's nothing saying that Pat Cummins will be a great captain. He probably will be a great captain. Yeah. But based on what we're seeing at the moment, they just looked a lot more composed. I, I looked at that run chase and it was a tricky one, like especially after they lost an early wicket, you know, only 80-odd runs to get. And Travis Head at the top of the order just takes the game by the scruff of the neck. And I'm thinking, how's this guy watching from the stands for the mm. opening test? Like, what do we think? He's like one of the best batsmen in the world and he couldn't force his way so he's the fourth, that Australian team. fourth best test batsman in the world and you're telling him that we don't we don't I, trust you on this weekend. I know. Unbelievable. I know. By the rankings, fourth best in the world. Two things I noticed out of that test match. And look, I've got to be, I'm a nuffy when it comes to cricket. I'm a nuffy when it comes to most things in life. <laughs> but the first thing is... Pat Cummins is human. He's the captain of the team. Yes, he's very proud. But as you mentioned, Scotty Settler, and we've all been in teams where we've been dropped or we've missed out and the team has success without you. It's a very hard thing. Speak for yourself. For, 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 <laughs> well, I've done it many times. We're all been wrestled. Um, but Paddy Cummins, it's a famous victory. Very rarely do India lose at home. Mm. It's a famous victory. And one of the changes is you're not there. Yeah. Now, no one's going to question. Paddy Cummins will go down as one of the greats. However, and the pitch was not suitable to fast bowlers anyway. But he wasn't there, so that makes it hard, which Steve Smith, as you said, did a fine, terrific job. The other thing is, and boys, I I didn't see any noise about this, so it's maybe just my head thinking this. They've got nine wickets up their sleeve to get two runs. And charging down the crease was Lavashane. And I thought, hey, Jim, relax. I'll mate at the other end who's carried us over the lines on 49. Yes. Just, just <laughs> calm the farm a little yeah. bit. So he did it once. I thought, oh, maybe he sort of – so he's going for the match when he runs. He's on 20-odd. And then bang, charges down and gets it celebrated. And poor old bloody – 49 Travis not Head. out. Travis Head. Yeah. Is 49 not out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like serious – wasn't – as a teammate, shouldn't he just said, right, eight, eight, we've got nine wickets up our yep. sleeves. I know we desperately need to win and winning's important. But we're going to win this bloody thing. You, Let you, Travis take the runs and the your Brits, fifty, yeah. don't we? You, I thought the same thing. Did you think the same thing? Thought the same thing. You, that was a selfly. That was a selfish part of me saying. <laughs> but Travis but, said, "Well, he'll throw out the old line, yeah. running." No, it's about the team. Of course, first. of yeah. course. In the back of his head, he's going, "You asswipe." So yeah. for, forever yeah. in history, when they publish Travis said uh, twenty-four <laughs> half centuries, he'd be thinking, "Should be bringing twenty-five." Shane, the bastard. I, I love the fa- the fact that in the first innings, Manus gets bold. And he just stands there. He, every time he gets out, he just stands there and looks in, in disbelief. And I'm just thinking, mate, you, you stumps a cartwheeling and he just stands there. And sure enough, they have a look, no ball. Like, yes. Is there ever an RCA yeah, cricketer yeah, yeah. in the history of the game? He'll become part of Urban Dictionary. He'll be like, yeah. oh, you've done a lava yeah. chain or yeah, like, yeah, a, like yeah, a Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. What about, like it or don't like it? Steve Smith, when he gets beaten by a good ball, he claps the he claps <laughs> yeah, the ball. I, I, I love it. I don't care for it. I I don't, it's I, like I, when you get get a good shot. Yeah, it does, doesn't bother me. Would, good he, shot, would good he have shot. done that to Kurtley Ambrose if he would just played and missed him? Because I'm telling you, <laughs> Kurtley goes back to the top of his crease and just goes, "I'll give you something to yeah, clap yeah. about." But see, Sats is one of those players, and I was probably a bit the same. Where he's a social rugby league player. Yes, we're on the cauldron, and yes, we're ripping in, and we're against each other against each other, but we're still, there you go, mate. Yeah. You know, that's you, yeah. Sats. It's a very polite sort of social <laughs> rugby league player. Yeah. So I could see why you'd like that. I remember we did, when we did the toss once, Gordy 
Gordy Tallis was the captain of the Broncos. And being another Queensland kid, I'd go and do the toss with him. Remember, we used to do it before the game in the tunnel. They used to, they used to record it as well. They used to um, broadcast it as well with Fox. Yeah. And so as a Queensland, I'd, I used to work with Gordy's brother before the game went full time. I used to work with his brother and knew his dad. Hey, Gordy, give him a hug. And he used to always give me a kiss on the cheek. How's dad, mate? Is he good? Yeah, yeah. 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 How's your family? Great. Toss heads. We'll kick off. Okay, we'll run that way. Okay, mate, I'll see you out there. And you'd run across the line and you'd stand away for the kickoff. I'd look at Gordy and just give him a little nod. He'd, go, <laughs> yeah. and he'd look at you with those eyes rolling. Yeah, you know, Am I looking at the same guy I like know. from 10 minutes ago? He know. wasn't a social rugby no, player. No, I no. was. But I remember a day we were playing Manly. I forget the player. They said, hey, Shug, can you? So there was a scrum feed and they had the feed. And so it was the halfback for Manly at the time. It wasn't Craig Field because he was playing with us. Whoever the halfback was at the time for Manly, he goes, Shug, can you grab us that ball? Because I was sort of defending in the middle of the field. And the ball was right next to me or a few metres from me. I was the closest. So I naturally just walk over. Yeah, sure, mate. And Terry Hill goes, oi! I said, what? He goes, don't get that ball for them. Like, he was desperate not to – little things like that. It was all competitive. So I, di- I didn't, but I felt really bad because my personality was get the ball and give him a hand, you know? See, my attitude is who cares if I get the ball for him? That, that, that's my attitude yeah, as well. Yeah, not going to change the game. But some it? people are just – we are competing on every <laughs> single inch of this match. Anyway, have your say. one 1170 Text 0457 736 736. If you wanted to participate in the inaugural Let It Ride Challenge – and we're going to talk a bit of racing throughout the day with Rugby League. Brian Fletcher will join us a little bit later on as well. You need to get a thumbs-up emoji in on the text line before 1.30. We'll do a bit of a um, barrier draw, so to speak, to work out the order. If you're in the chair for the last challenge, which is the game, and your horse places, you take out the prize, which we mentioned earlier. This is the crunch time. And one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 The text 0457 736 736. Ten minutes to go. Game on the line. I'm literally fine. I think there's an assessment usually that happens, but yeah, I got taken off by an independent doc- doctor, I think. Caught me by surprise. And I said to the ref, I'm not going off, but it's not, it's not, his, it's not his call. It's someone in a box. It's a 10 minute, or is it 10 minutes? I think it's a 10 minute process. But there's usually an assessment sometimes on the field where it's like they check your balance and stuff like that, but that wasn't the case because it was an independent doctor in a box somewhere. Come straight off. Yeah, Kalen Ponga there post-game from the Warriors up against the Knights. The Knights losing that match, of course. And the talking point out of that game is not about the result, but more Kalen Ponga having to leave the field in that real important period where the Knights needed to find points. And in his new found position as a 5'8", week in, week out, unfortunately wasn't able to finish the game. I don't know how you saw it, Adrian. I mean, I watched the game. I actually thought it wasn't a bad game as well. I think the Warriors, as I said earlier on, are going to be my biggest improvers this year. Uh, Based on what we saw from the incident, I, he was very animated when walking off in his yep. disapproval. And Sugar, I don't know what you mm. thought as well. I felt as though he probably didn't need, need to leave the field. But yep. based on his history as well of yep. concussions, and I don't know whether that comes into it or not. I don't know whether they say Joel Kane. I think the profile of it does. Yeah. Don't you think? I think the profile of his background around it. I know they're doctors, they're professionals and all those sorts of things, but there's a human nature element to it. I don't think it does. I think that... You don't think so? No. But I think this is the new normal. Like, if you're in any sort of doubt, given all of the dramas with concussion and what we've seen overseas with with, um, legal actions, and we know we've, we've seen a lot of players, we know people who are struggling, 
you've just got to err on the side of caution. And in Ponga's case, he's had three concussions last year. It wiped him out of the you know, World Cup um, selection availability. I think you've just got to do it. And it's unfortunate because he was just starting to warm to his task. And I thought the big play was actually Charles Nickel Clodstadt. Yeah. What about what about the tackle on him on on Ponga just before that happened? And mm. then and then he made another really big play uh, when he was coming out of his own uh, try line. So those couple of plays and then Ponga coming off the field. I understand it affected the game, but. You know, in 20 years' time, he might look back and, and think very differently about his comments now. Two things there. So Canberra, for starters, are looking at that game going, eh, we wouldn't mind taking him to Townsville this week. Chance, right? So that that's one thing. The second thing, look, Sats, I agree with what Adrian's saying in the point of view, but I just... It's a dangerous game that we play. Like there's ads here for the moment for the UFC, yes. right? If you play that sport... You know what you're in for. If you play Formula One or, sorry, if you participate in Formula One, you know the dangers of driving at that speed. Say, for example, that was a grand final. And, look, look, I'm supportive of everything around concussion. But if if a person – look, these kids have trained their whole life to to play grand finals and these big events. And say that it happens in a prelim – and a player wants to play in the grand final, but he's been ruled out. Like, where do we, where do we stand on that? Like, should, should it, should it be, should the decision be taken out of the player's hands? I'm not talking about people making decisions where it's at the time. So clearly, they could be affected by concussion. So, but say there's two or three days down the track after a prelim, and a player's been ruled out for concussion protocols for the following week, the grand final. Isn't it really up to them? for the decision that they make about their own future. What, what's the point of starring in a grand final if in 30 years' time you can't remember it? Like, like no, I, no, I agree with that, yeah, Adrian. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree with yeah. that. There's a lot of people would say they'd go through that. They'd run that, 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 that That's That's my point. Mm. Well, James Graham has said that. Yeah. And, but, but, even, but you look at James Graham's comments... 15, t- like seven or eight years ago, and yeah. you look at them now. Yeah. So he said that in, in the heat of battle, he said, I understand that I could be copying some, some serious damage to yeah. my brain which will plague me down the track. And now that he's finished, he's actually going, you know what? I'd be saying something very different to the young me. Like now that I've got a family, a child, and your circumstances change. I don't think, I'm only speaking for myself. I don't know whether James Graham truly believes that Mm. because he's had great success in the game and some of your greatest memories. I'm 20 years down the track. Yep. And I've got to say that in 10 years down the track, if if I was worse when it comes to my memory or... Any of my my faculties, whatever it may be, it's still one of the greatest days of your life. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say to my young self, "Hey, listen, think twice about this." But that's easy to say the when good, you've got your faculties about you now. Well, well some, some, may, some may argue. Well, I'm no, 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 argue yeah. I haven't. No, yeah. no, yeah. Well, no, but further to Sats's point, and I didn't win a grand final or play Origins like Sats did. However, there was one year where I was if not the most tackled player amongst the most tackled player. And because I ran quite low, a lot of the tackles for me were on the lemon spread. Mm. Yep. So I, I got a lot of concussions or mini concussions, if that's the term. And, and that happened to me quite often. And look, the game wasn't well placed as it was now to, to treat that stuff. And you know what? I, I signed up for that. And mm. whatever happens to me along the journey, and my sight's actually going bad, really bad in a hurry, and is that connected to many concussions? Yes, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. 
But whatever happens to me, and I'm with you, Sats, and I didn't win grand finals or play Origins, etc. I knew it was a brutal sport and I signed up for it. I'll never be one of those players who will come back on the game and mm. for the recourse of not doing it properly at the time. Rugby league's been very good to me along the way. I signed up for a brutal, brutal sport. And for me, it just is what it is. And and, and I wouldn't change it. For my own kids, um, it does make me think differently about it. I, I don't... It's not be-all and end-all for me, for my kids to... My kids are being pursued to go to this sporting school, right? But I'm not doing that. I want my kids to have a normal lifestyle where, you know, academics is important, meeting the right people is important. Not to say that the sporting schools won't do that, but I, I personally don't think that we prioritise enough about the academics. And then what happens to those kids if they don't make it for their child? I see some parents who send their kids to the school sports. They think their kids are playing first grade already, you know, and... What happens to those poor kids if that none of that comes? Mm. So we're not those parents who are go and play rugby league. Yep. And, and I am nervous about the concussion stuff, but for me as a person, Sats. Well, I think now, I think it's safe to say that anyone who's playing the game moving forward now will be in a better position than what a lot of the players that have gone before us and before these players today. I suppose the big talking point also coming out of the Ponga situation is there's, and I know social media sometimes can be a cesspit and, uh, people on false accounts giving their opinions so they can't be identified, whatever it may be. People saying, well, that's what happens when you lay down and try and get a penalty in a really important time of the match. Mm. You can't question a person's integrity. No. If, if that's the reason why, if you were laying down, well, again, you run the gauntlet and you run the risk of getting taken off the field and not being there at full time. But you can't question his integrity about whether he was or wasn't doing that, can you, Adrian? No. Well, that's the disincentive, isn't it? That's the flip side. So you stay down and milk a penalty and at, at a very crucial time mm. in the game, and, and I'm not saying that that's what happened at all, but that's the disincentive not to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and it's not just concussions. like Things like, you know, like Cameron Munster has a compound fracture. Him deciding to come back on, Spud Carroll... Um, making decisions like that back in the day, he's got a hand like a skill tester. You know, mm. like, it's not just... There are decisions made that are, are going to stay with you for your life. Well, your mate Molly, who's always yeah. on Twitter, yeah. had um, put up something around Munster saying, where's the where's the, the care for the player? The duty of care. Yeah, allowing him to go back on the field. Yeah. But, but that's an interesting conversation. Like, it's a good question, but who's it on? Is it on Munster or is it on the club or is it... Well, it's it's different in that that's a physical injury too. Like you, you go out there and you go, yeah. right, I could do more damage and instead of being a two-week injury, it could end up being a four, a three-month injury or whatever else. We don't know what it's doing to our brain. Even now, like we don't know whether the reason why some of these ex-footballers suffering from these su- supposed concussion problems, is it because of the game by itself? Is it because they drank a lot in their time? Yep. Is it because of other risk-taking mm. behaviour? Is it? There's a whole different range of factors. It's not just rugby league. No. And, and I would argue that a lot of the, the players who've played rugby league are better for it from a cognitive point of view, from playing and being involved in, in something where you're, you're part of a team and all that. There's, the benefits far outweigh the cost, but you've just got to understand we're in a different age now and we've seen with the NFL, with, you know, there's a case action um, with the rugby union and, and rugby league in England as well. Like it's a it's a very slippery path that we could be going down if we're not giving them every chance. Okay, and, what about if Cameron Munster wants to be a professional gamer 
when he retires and he can't use that finger. <laughs> yeah, that's well, right. he's got to, he's lawsuit to sue that, the, the NRL. There will be a lawyer. I'm that's sure right. he'll find a lawyer who, who would uh, yeah. you know, lodge something for him in the Supreme Court. <laughs> that's exactly right. Don't worry about the NFL scouts. The gamer scouts are going, that monster, tell you what. Um, anyway, have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let it ride is on this afternoon. 2 o'clock to 5 p.m., the debut. Brian Bearshead, Fletcher, Scotty Sattler, myself. So what we need before one thirty. that's the cutoff time. If you want to be part of the inaugural Let It Ride game. Basically, uh, there's going to be about 14 races. If you get drawn out, you need to pick a horse to run a place in those races. If it places, you stay in the chair. The person in the chair for the last particular race, you win Let It Ride, and you'll be the inaugural one. So more than anything, you can always say, guess what? I won the first ever Let It Ride. If you are in the last race in the chair and you get it wrong, it's the next person who wins Let It Ride. So they're pulling your tail hard. So Don't you can you win by that. not doing anything you at all. You can win by nothing, doing nothing yeah, than getting it. a voodoo doll out and it. just pricking it. That's yep. all you need to do. This is Crunch Time. Adrian Brzezenko, Scotty Sattler. I'm Joel Kane, the maestro running things here. I'm breaking back with more. All righty, let's get into this. Crunch time brought to you by Before You Dig Australia and uh, the season opener, uh, Eels. No, no, hang on a sec. Can I just cut in? Yeah. I just mentioned the word feral. We were talking about, <laughs> I was talking about my daughter when she was yeah, about 16 yeah, and a yeah, half, yeah, got a car. Yeah. She just turned feral for six months, you yeah. know. And I just saw something that's just as feral. I don't know about you, listeners. 0457-736-736. You said, quick, I've got to go to the toilet. You went to a public toilet with no shoes on. Disabled. Just bare feet. You might as well lick the toilet bowl. You know what? As, as soon as, as, soon as I left day. here, as soon as I ran out, I ran off and I heard feral, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I reckon he's getting me for this, but I'm not even like anywhere near it yet. Yeah. It's, but is that what it was? That's feral. Yeah. You well, can't go to a public toilet with bare feet. But it's not – it's Saturday. There's no one here. Do other people share that bathroom? What, what That's they, a yes or no question. But how are they impacted no, no, by no. me being barefoot? Because they do their business. No, 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 no. You mate, walk in it. The stance was wide, for starters. <laughs> you don't know how wide the spray is. Mate, the, oh, oh, the wide stance was there. There's so, some women in this office that go to toilet standing up, like over the over the no, bowl. No, 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 no. Anyway, no. as I said, Earls took on Parramatta on <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night. Here's how it went. No, no, no. No, that's not oh. how it went. Okay, um, Adrian, thoughts. You're a Parramatta man. Mm. Now, my concern for this boys, when you think about teams who regress, some teams slide on through to the grand final for whatever reason. Maybe players are out. Maybe, maybe they peaked at that time of the year, but quite often they fall short. Teams like Parramatta. My thing on this is that they were the eighth best in the competition in defence. Mm. Like, can you honestly expect, yes, they were close by being in a grand final, but in that game they were a mile away. Mm. Can you expect, and this is the same thing for, for South, Parramatta and South, if you go through this, so the last six years, if you plotted, and I haven't gone back any further than that, it may continue in the same vein, only top two defensive sides have won the comp. If you're South Sydney and Parramatta and you're constantly sort of averaging sixth or seventh in defence, that's the reason why you're not going the next level. Yeah, 100%. Look, I think something needed to change, right? So that they were, they've been on the last couple of years, they've been getting a little bit better and a little bit closer and, and something needed to change. So there has been some change. Some players have left and some have come in. I think Trent Barrett has now come in to the coaching staff and we know he's had a rough ride as a, as a first-grade coach, but he's got a lot of raps for what he did at the Panthers, particularly with the spine and the halves. 
So that's a, different, you know. Yes. Something, a, a new set of eyes in the coaching staff I think is important. Josh Hodgson, that's the big unknown for me. Like we know that Reed Marnie's done a terrific job out of hooker. He's probably got more football in him than Reed Marnie, but he's not going to be playing 80 minutes 25, 26 times a year, right? And they're a little bit skinny if if he goes down. They've got, what, Mitch Rain and maybe Jake Arthur to play out a Ooh. dummy half or, or to give him a break when he needs one. So that's another one that I'm concerned about. It could go it could go either way. And we talk about those those guys that are left, like obviously Papa Lee as well, but some of the other guys are a bit underrated, like Nia Cora, Ray Stone, uh, you know, Kafusi. These guys all brought something, you know, when they were either coming off the bench or, or in the team. So it's, you know... The, they need to fashion another Isaiah Papali. And they've got guys that like we mentioned, Jermaine Hopgood. We've got uh, Mamasia. We've got Jack Murchie. There's there's a few other people that need to be that bargain by the year that they've picked up for about 200 grand, but play mm. like a 700. I think they've done that with Dory. Okay. Yep. Dory, yeah. He was he, he played well, didn't he? He was yeah. good. I've always had a rap on Dory when he mm. was at uh, the Bulldogs. A couple of injuries, which sort of stopped him from playing week in, week out. Yep. He's a little bit like that Dale Finucane sort of guy at the, at the Bulldogs. Yeah. He was always there, but he was he was never yeah. sort of entrenched in that starting 13 for whatever reason. Then goes to another club and for some reason just gets a lease of life. I think Matty, Matt Dura would be an amazing buy for them. When you call football, and we called the game for SEN, it takes a while to get used to a player in different colours. Yeah. And nearly every time he carried the ball or made a tackle, I had to go to the form guide and go, okay, that's Dory. Okay, that's Dory. And he kept showing up. He just kept showing up. Hopgood was exactly the same. Mm. But the thing I I question, and this also applies to the West Tigers, who I love, but this saga around Mitchell Moses and he's going to benefit. He's going to cash in Mitch Moses, yep. right? There's yep. no question about that. He is going to cash in because supply and demand. The, yep. the supply and demand is just not there. People are desperate for a halfback and it goes on. But at what price? So you think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady won so many Super Bowls because he kept taking under the market. Can I ask you boys a question? In in all honesty, what's the gap? And I don't care which way. You may think that Hughes is a better player than Mitchell Moses. You may think the other way. But either way, what's the gap between – it's two questions. What's the gap between Mitch Moses and Hughes? And what's Hughes' market value, do you think? Well, the other thing I'd say to you too, Joe, is the sort of money that we're talking about with Mitch Moses, whether we're talking Tigers or Eels, is more than what Nathan Cleary is on. Now, Nathan Cleary, like Nathan Cleary, if he's on say one point two, he's worth that every single day yeah. of the week. Like, like he has won Origins, he's won two comps, he's been in three grand finals. Yeah. So Mitch Moses isn't quite there, and he's just in that the right place at the right time. There's not many good halves. Tigers are talking about making him probably the highest paid player in the game which is incredible. We're talking like, like 1.3, so, 1.4. So how can you have success when you are discounting yourself? And th- this is my conversation to Mitch Moses, if I'm the Tigers or Parramatta. We desperately want you, Mitch. But guess what? Down the road at Penrith, they're paying Nathan Cleary, who's the incumbent Australian halfback and clear talent. They're paying him $300,000 left or whatever the number is. Yeah. So if we sign you... Right, who the market will agree, even you will agree, Mitch, that at this stage of your careers, Nathan's way in front of you. If we pay you more, then we are um, handicapping ourselves for the season to the tune of three, four hundred thousand, whatever you are in comparison to Nathan Cleary. That's, Is it not as simple as that? Well, that's why he hasn't signed. 
Because he's he's hoping that Parramatta will get closer to the Tigers' offer, and all things being equal, he'll stay. But they can't afford to pay him that. They've just re-signed Dylan Brown as well. You can't have you know more than two million dollars, de- a lot, a lot over two million dollars, tied up in two of your halves as well. It'll destabilise the club for a number of years. No, no club has won the comp when you pay one player thirteen percent of the salary cap. And the, you go through history, yeah. and I may be wrong with maybe one or two there, but I'm pretty sure that, that no one's won a, a comp in the in the, the NRL year when. You know, so you, sorry to interrupt, Sats. I was critical at the time, and and people have come on board years down the track of the the massive signing of Jason Taumalolo at the mm, time, mm. the massive signing of Daly Cherry Evans at the time. Neither of those two teams since that big big contract. Have have they even have not even well, played in a grand final? Have they? Well, Kalen Ponga. Well, Tamalala's well, was after the grand final. After twenty seventeen yeah, grand final, twenty fifteen. Well, Kalen well, Ponga's on. We talk about the top earners in the game. He's right up there, and he's because of ratchets and yeah. and, and the way it's back ended, etc. He's going to be earning as much, if not more, than anyone else. He, what is what has he done? Well, I say that respectfully yeah, in of terms course. of taking a yeah. He, he's a he's a you know. They're painting him on potential rather than performance, aren't they? Uh, and David Fafita is the same thing. They fall into the trap. And I'm not dissing David Fafita. I'm not dissing Kalen Ponga. I'm not dissing Mitchell Moses. But you're running a business here, and this business model of paying a huge amount on highlights reels has never, ever, ever stood up. Is it fair to the, the, the Titans have done that, though. Like, I mean, they, they love a Hollywood signing. Like, like Jared Hayne, like, like after coming back from the NFL – um, David Fafita, like getting halfback money. Um, Ash Taylor, even like he mm. was signed on potential rather yeah. than performance, and and it's because they, the club felt they needed a, a big win. It's 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 great PR, but they're not winning your football games. No. They're certainly not guiding you to a you know a top four finish or even a grand final. To go back to your question about Jerome Hughes, I mean, on an open market, he's an eight hundred thousand dollar player every day Minimum. of the week. Yep. Every day of the Minimum. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is, would he go as good as what he does without the players around him. And Correct. I still think he would. The, the style that he plays, yeah. absolutely, because he's a real good running half. Yep. He doesn't need players around him. But also um, surrounding – yeah, it's fair to say Kalen Ponga's – he's one of our potential stars of the game, isn't he? He's, 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 you can't use the word potential anymore. No, but people on Ponga, they'll say sats, they'll say, and he's great for the commercials, all those sorts of things. Yeah, that's good to help the sales team. But that does zero for the coach. The coach gets no benefit out of you having extra sales. But is it fair to say at Newcastle he's top two player? Yeah. Yeah. So to save clubs spending $800, million, $1.1 million, do we go towards the Australian Cricket Board where you pick maybe is there two players per club that sign an NRL contract where the NRL pays them? Yep. Let's say for argument's sake, Kalen uh, Ponga. Yep. You're marketable. You're one of the best players at Newcastle. We're going to you're you're a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar player for us, yep. or three hundred thousand dollar player for the NR, NRL contract. Then you go and negotiate your contract with your club. I don't yeah. mind that. I, I don't, and, and everyone's on the even too. I, I actually love that where you go. Okay. Well, clearly Kalen Ponga or whoever is marketable out there, Ryan Pappenhausen, whoever the player it is, they're bringing value to the game, not just the club. So, therefore, each team, there's a million bucks to spend, right? You've all got a million dollars, and we're the third party being the NRL, mm-hmm. and go for your life. And if the Warriors don't have that That's player, not in the cap. And if the Warriors don't have that player, and I'm just using them as an example, yep. if the Warriors don't have that player that can fulfil that extra NRL yes. contract, that third party contract, 
Well, there's an open space there for a player like Mitchell Moses yep. to go to that club and fulfil that space, get extra money from the NRL, then the money the club's going to give him, then other third-party deals. It's a potential way to, to even up a competition. Have your say on the text line 0457 736 736. This is crunch time. Thumbs up if you want to play Let It Ride a little bit later on. Yes, welcome back to Crunch Time as we approach at 1 o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Around the grounds we go. We've got to catch up with our man from Greyhounds, New South Wales, Simon Orchard's on the line. G'day, Simon. Boys, how are we? Good. Well, we're going all right until I got this text. Uh, Sugar, Worm and Co. Uh, now, Sugar, I was just looking at League Central. Geez, you've started well with the tipping. I'm done from three. Uh, <laughs> and he said, when was that photo taken? You look like a Caucasian Gladstone Small. Uh, <laughs> Rooster Mungrel. Uh, anyway, you take care of the tipping, Simon, please. Uh, Hi, boys. Before we talk about the Greyhounds, how about this? Book the parade, unfurl the flag, because my Broncos, we are winning the comp this year. Oh. How bloody good was last night, eh? It was a pearler. She's a pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying, she was. Good segue. I bet you were saying the same That's thing the... five weeks out from the finals last year as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see prophet of doom <laughs> over here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Always yeah, a prophet yeah, of yeah. doom in the team. Maturing nicely. <laughs> maturing nicely. Look, a young group, you guys would know better than me. I think last year we overachieved at the, at the front half of the year and then Fell in a heap at the latter half. But this year, I don't know. There's a real steal about last night's defence. And I know the Panthers aren't the same team they have been the last couple of years. But I'm excited, boys. I haven't loved the league this much for probably five or six years. So I'm really keen to see what they can do this year. Good luck, Simon. The Greyhound Super Series presents the Country Classic Saturday 18th of March. Uh, What have we got coming up? Yeah, you're right. Country Classic has this $125,000 on offer for 35 seconds of work, boys. One Greyhound in a couple of weeks is going to take that race out. We've got the last of the heats tonight out at Dubbo, which coincidentally hosts the semis and the finals. So the semi is next week. I know I spoke to Sassy uh, midweek mm. about my ticket to Dubbo. I've got the plane flight. He's told me the best pub in town to visit. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to get out there on March 18 for the Country Classic final. As I said, we've had heats all over the place in the last couple of days. Nara, Tamora, Dapto, the Gardens, they've been everywhere. And we've got some really, really good greyhounds through to the semi-finals, and as I said tonight, the final heat of that wonderful series, which is in its second year, boys. Last year was taken out by Zipping Kyrgios. He's through to the semi-finals as well. We've got a Queenslander through last night. We've got a Victorian through as well. So it's all happening, and I can't wait, as I said, to get out to Dubbo. I missed it last year. I know I've said this on the show on a couple of different shows before, but Nolsey absolutely tore the roof off the place last year. We've got a bloke by the name, I think it's Jason Owen, coming out this year, and he's really popular on social media at the moment. So I can't wait to get out there. Where we are in Williams and have a romp and stomp of time in Dubbo. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, anything else you like, Simon, that we need to make? If we like a, a try score of the rugby league, we can multi up perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Look, tonight, as I said, that race out at Dubbo, the Country Classic, race five, number two, Nanga Rocket. Uh, Look, I reckon Dennis Barnes trains this dog. He's a master tactician, and he's a master at preparing his dogs to peak at the right time. This dog's won eight of 22 races, ran at the Gardens a couple of weeks ago. The time was really quick, and he ran not far off a track record held by Tanya Keeping. Tanya Keeping came out at Nara on Monday and broke the track record down there. So any form around that dog is good. Race five, number two, Nangar Rocket. And then at Wenty Park, the name of this dog reminds me a bit about you, Sugar. Race two, number six, Modern Swinger. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Yep. really? Yeah, yeah. I'm swinging Modern. into these golden arches <laughs> anyway. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Mate, it, this dog's really, really good. Only five starts, 
any dog that can go 29-8 or under at Wenty Park in its first five starts, I reckon it's Ridgey Didge. He's a full brother to a dog by the name of Mortified. Mortified ran in the Group 1 Australian Cup down in the Meadows last week. I reckon the litter's really special, and Chris O'Brien, I love him. He's a fantastic bloke, and I reckon he's got some real winners in the kennel at the moment. So race two, number six, Modern Swinger. Best bet at Wenty Park tonight. Tell you what, I've had a good 24 hours. Nifty's saying that, uh, geez, I've been eating plenty. Rooster Muzz says, you look like a Caucasian Gladstone Small, and you're calling me a modern swinger. Uh, on fire. Good on you, Simon. Great to chat. Yeah, always, boys. Talk to you next week. Hooroo. The world's richest middle distance race, the Country Classic, Saturday 18th of March at Dubbo. It's Greyhound Racing, supercharged. He's marshalling the troops around. Harry Grant from dummy half. Harry Grant takes oh. off. Harry Grant scores next to the post. And this brilliant, perfect record of Bellamy stays intact. Harry Grant, the match winner. Melbourne Storm have stolen it. 16 points to 12 at no stage of regular time with a Melbourne Storm in front. You go to extra time and Harry Grant goes bang. Here's a nice ball and some great stepping. Ezra Mann breaks through. Farmworth chasing. A kick for Oates to chase. This is unbelievable. Look at this for a neck and neck. It's a try. Has he scored? Who's got the head first? Herbie thinks he's outgunned them all. And the Panthers have suffered their third home defeat since 2020. There you go. That's the lay of the land. Three games down. How are you boys going on the tipping? I'm number three. Three from three. Oh, yeah. Yep. Too far. Wow. No, two for Yeah, you're right. Got oh, pick Panthers. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. everyone missed that game, didn't they? Everyone expected mm. the Panthers to win. Yep. So you blokes are both two from three. Yep. Yes. But it didn't surprise me. I mean, I always no. thought the Broncos knocked over South round one last year, and I think they went, what, four from five? Started the season off brilliantly, and it doesn't surprise me. They, I think they're going to be a real force, the Broncos, this year. We, you know, we hear from Simon Orchard earlier on, he's a mad Broncos man, but those players that played last year, they're another... Yeah, they're another year matured. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit surprised by the decision, and I don't know if it's been ratified and official. But they're already talking about an extension for Kevy Walters. Mm. Has he done enough to? He's done an ext- Hasn't he already signed an extension? Oh, there's a few. There's a few areas they're they're sort of trying to sort out. I'm, I'm hasn't he already signed an extension? He he might be signed to the end of Two 2040. By the, mm. after that win yeah. last night, mm. I, I find that strange. Like, you don't need to. Well, well, why would you do it? And, and this whole notion of you've got to do it to end speculation about the coach's future. You lose three or four in a row, there's speculation anyway. It buys you a bigger, week. Who cares? Yeah, it, it, it means a bigger payout when you have to sack them in the end. Mm. Exactly right. Uh, you've got 23 minutes to give us the thumbs up if you want to be a chance to play in the inaugural Let It Ride competition. So that's uh, relating to the racing where basically you've just got to, if you find yourself in the chair, you've got to pick a horse which places. As long as that horse places, you stay in the chair and a bit like a million dollar hot seat. If you're in the hot seat, come the last race and place, you win the prize. So you the thumbs up. Yes. Um, ending in one eight one has got the aubergine. That'll do. That'll is do. That, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't know what they're doing at the S- moment. Something's up. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do that. And based on those tipping scores, ladies and gentlemen, I'm none from three. Sattler. And Prezenko, a two from three, which says this is crunch time brought to you by Before You Dig Australia. It's Joel Kane and the two favourite backers. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know what? I, I hate those tipping comps because I find I like to side with roughies from I, time to time. I, Early I, in the season, especially. I do too much research into it. Mm. Yeah. And I just overcomplicate myself. Yeah. Whereas the lady that I that used to work for us, the receptionist who won three years in a row, 
and her theme was each week was a different theme, which mascot would beat the other mascot really? in a fight in knee deep water. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one would which would be the other one uh, in an equestrian event? Yes. You know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Like she that. won three I, years in a row. I like that. The Saturday afternoon tradition returns. Yeah, boys. Daniel from New Zealand. Good on you, Daniel. I didn't catch up with Daniel. He's from Timaru in the South Island of New Zealand, just above Omaru and I was over there on Christmas. I was going to catch up for a uh, for a, a spate, oh, lose good. your mates, and I didn't end up getting uh, to catch up with him. G'day, Shaggers. I have a let it ride, WDW. Uh, Murray Bridge Race 1, number one, limited risk, says the reptile. Not sure if we missed that reptile, but we'll catch up on that as well. Great to have your company. Plenty of text coming through. The thumbs up. Ponga should not have laid down when he was not knocked out. Was looking for a penalty. 209. I actually didn't see that particular incident. I saw, I reckon I saw 80% of the game. Mm. Is that a fair point or not? I don't know whether he laid. I mean, I again, I don't know down. whether he laid down. You can speculate that he laid down, but you don't know the way that he's feeling at the given time, where he got shook up a little bit, and and then realised if he doesn't get up quickly, yep. he's going to be taken from the field. But yeah, rest is history. G'day, boys. I know it's only one game. I'm hoping the Warriors go amazing this year. Whenever all the media have them coming last or near the bottom, they go good. I think you're probably right. Mm. All the noise is Andrew Webster is doing the right things there. He's been at the club before, so he knows the place. He's a ripper bloke. Great guy. And one, he's he's been over there before as an assistant coach, yeah. which a lot of people seem to forget. So he knows the, the landscape over there. The best thing I love about Andrew Webster is he said in an interview before he went over, he said, I'm not going to copy and paste no. from Penrith. Completely Good. different team. Yeah. It, it really? I'm not going to copy Good. and paste. So one tick there. But one thing I did see yesterday, and again, it's only – one game, you are right. Um, is Will is that they had a really good defensive resolve, which is something he's probably obviously, obviously tried to get inside their mindset from the Panthers because they've got a great defensive, you know, their yes. strategy around defence is first class. Yep. It's about get up, get in your face, out muscle, out enthuse, and just feel like there's 15 players on the side. Yep. The Warriors did that at times when they defended their line for a numerous numerous amounts of sets yesterday. Adrian, I think Penrith started this and which which is not illegal, so good luck to them. And other teams haven't quite caught up the catching. So everything's about the slow play of the ball. So what was happening was people would make the tackle, they'd lie all over them. This was a sort of trend ten years ago. Mm. And then the referees started to penalise them. What Penrith cleverly started to do was catch players. So they would catch them. Catch and hold. Hold, 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 hold. Now put him down. Yeah. And the whole stoppage, if you like, at the ruck was longer. But it, yep. but it was cleverly disguised. Yep. I think it was a master stroke. Teams still haven't caught up to it. Yep. And we talked about how good they are rushing up off the line, like swarming the, the ball carriers. When you catch and hold, that's what you can do. You've got mm. that little extra second to get your breath back. Yeah, mm. uh, Sats is up to no good, by the way. He's smirking and smiling. and It's, it's Bear's Head. <laughs> oh, is it? Bear's Head's Tectus. Tectus. Do, oh, we want an ice, do we want an iced coffee? Oh, yeah, no, thanks. Mm. Nah. Hot chocolate, oat milk, extra hot. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. What do you think, Adrian? No, I'm good, thanks. Seal? Thanks, thanks for the oh, offer, good. though. Thank you, Fletch. Thank you, thanks, Fletch. Fletch. Uh, <laughs> click on the feedback icon, Fletch. Um, have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457736736. You've got 19 minutes to join the Let It Ride competition. Okay, boys, let's talk about this. Now, and, and Sats, you're very well placed to talk about this because mm-hmm. you've managed rosters before. Off-contract players in 2023. Before we go into the off-contract players, what – what do you think is the ideal way to set up our transitions for clubs as far as 
contracts recruiting because the the fans are most displeased about how we do it at the moment. We're going to have transfer windows. I think we're going to take a little bit of a leaf out of the AFL's book. Not so, so explain much. the transfer window. How well, you see it? You can only negotiate in those windows, whether yep. it be seven or fourteen days. Yep. Have two or three of those throughout the year. I yep. think you need a mid-season when clubs are dis- players are disgruntled with play- uh, clubs or clubs are disgruntled with players. Uh, could be around Origin period, may not be. I think you've got to have one through the finals and maybe one in the after the grand final. Um, I wouldn't want to go all the way the AFL does, which is, you know, they've got a draft. And yeah. it's, you know, it's, we don't understand it from a rugby league point of view. It's quite difficult to understand from rugby league landscape. Um, I think, like, let's use Spencer as an example. I still think with Spencer and a lot of people scoff at this, the club still own him. Yep. They still own him while he's negotiating with, let's say, the Roosters. I think if you've been a club, if you've been a junior of the club and you've been through their junior reps, I feel as though that the, seeing the club still owns you, but they can't offer you the money that you're going to get on the open market. We'd love you to stay for 400, but we know you can probably get 600. Yep. If you want to stay for 400, go for your life. We're happy to keep you. We'll accommodate you. But if not, his manager goes and negotiates with possible suitors. Let's say it's Newcastle. We're going to be willing to pay $150,000 transfer fee. Yep. And Roosters say we'll pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars transfer fee, and the Rabbitohs say we're going to pay two hundred and fifty also. Okay, so so just hold it there. Mm-hmm. Explain the transfer fee. So is that in the cap? Is that just something paid to the club? It's paid to the club that only, and I believe, only goes back into your junior pathways. Gotcha. So it forces clubs to develop players. Yep. yep. Only if they're a junior, junior, um, a junior rep player with your club. Now, this is the bit that people sort of have looked at me and gone, no, that's ridiculous. Because the club still owns you till the end of October, Yep. if they're offered 150 from Newcastle, 250 from South, 250 from the Roosters, mm. you know, maybe 200, 200 from the Dragons, well, they'll take the 150 from Newcastle because they don't want to strengthen the Roosters. Yep. They don't want to strengthen the rabbits. Yes. Now, it's a restraint of trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rugby League Players Association wouldn't want that. No. But I feel as though it's a way that strengthens the competition. You're allowing a really good player like Spencer Luna, who's still going to get his 600, 700,000. Yep. But you're going to get something in return because you developed him and you get to say in how to strengthen the competition. I've got my views, but I want to hear yours, So, so my, my thing about the whole transfer windows is Spencer Lenu is going to the Roosters, mm. right? So it doesn't matter if you say you can announce it in June or whatever else. That's happened. It's already happened. Yeah. And even if you have a, um, you know, you can only negotiate at this time, it doesn't matter. Like you can't police that. So I don't know if you remember the old June 30 deadline. Yeah, absolutely. July 1, everyone would be, you know, announcing all these signings that were apparently done in, you know, first yeah. thing in the morning. It's it's a joke. It's, But... It, the way the system works now, look at Dominic Young, right? So he's been developed by the Knights. He's going to the Roosters. And then the Panthers have gone, we've just lost Taylor and May. So we would like you to come and play for us before you go to Vito Ro- Pangai Jr. Yep. Went yep. Broncos via Penrith yep. to Canterbury. It, it and, is ridiculous. People say that, but I actually think it, you like well, it. I love it. I reckon it adds to the whole theatre of it. You can do a deal at any single time. So that if you've lost a, a Taylor and May or or a, a key player in a particular position, you can go out and do your best. Like look at look at Harry Grant. We we talk about how good he is that you, he was going to be the I love the, the loan the system. WM, the I loan system it. is brilliant. Yeah. Like, like he would. How could he play football behind Cameron Smith and and Brandon Smith? Mm. And yet there was an opportunity for him to go play for Magic the Tigers. They needed a hooker. 
he became an absolute superstar before you knew it. He was player in origin. He might have only got two or three games all season otherwise. So I actually like the way the system is fluid. We're always talking about it. Every day we pick up the paper and we look at where someone could be going, even if it's 12 months ahead. I know it's not perfect, but I, I think it works. Okay, let me pick a large hole in what we have at the moment, right, which we need to fix it because if I was running a club, this is exactly what I would do, is I would leave $150,000, $200,000 purposely untouched. And I'll tell you why. Because we can play throughout our cap as a percentage, 150 or 200 of the cap, not being used is bugger all. Hmm. But then come to round 23, 24... If I've what what they're allowing is okay, well this bloke's valued at nine hundred thousand, right? And you've got hundred and fifty thousand in your in your cap, you can get for hundred and fifty thousand with a few weeks to go, a near million dollar player. Which I think is fanciful because all you care about is winning the grand final. They have to pro rata the time. So yeah. what they have to do is go, okay, well, yes, you may have had two hundred thousand at the start of the year. Yep. But we're now 24 rounds into it, so your 200 is actually only worth 40,000 in the cap or whatever the case may be because it's a massive loophole where me as a coach right now would purposely not use 200. So when we're sort of sitting fifth, sixth, fourth, third, whatever the case may be with four rounds to go, we go to one of the teams who can't make the running, ideally a player who's already signed to go somewhere else, yep. and we say, hey, champ, like Tavita Pangai Jr., um, we couldn't have bought you at the start of the year in the cap because you're worth 900, but we've still got 150 here, which we can get you easily. But on grand final day, you've still got that player to the same value. It's a massive loophole which needs to be shut. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's some clubs that have tried to use it to their advantage. Like that. And it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I, I don't think the NRL would ratify a lot of those if they're if they yeah. con- consistent. But even Lodge yeah, last year, like, yeah. how does Lodge go to the Roosters for what? What did what did the Roosters pay for Lodge last year? Oh, I was a pittance. But yeah. So, so the point is, you, they've got an um, NRL salary cap auditor who says that you can only get someone at market value. But I mean, that's such an arbitrary figure as well, isn't it? Well, when it's pro rata, it is it is market value, isn't it? Yeah. When yeah. it's pro rata, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah. you, so they pro rata, they pro rata the player's value. Yeah. But what they're not pro rataing, if you know what I'm saying, is they're not pro rataing the how far are you under the season. Mm. Yeah. So you, you need to have both layers. You need to pro rata the player's value, but you also need to pro rata. It doesn't make sense that you, you can afford him in round 24, but you couldn't in round one. It needs to be parity. Do yep. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, have your say. You've got 11 minutes to join. Let it ride the competition. You've got you to understand the players, with Spencer Luna signing with, say, the Roosters, Yeah. and a lot of the outsiders may think and the fans will think, oh, he would just be blacklisted from his teammates. They don't care. No. I mean, they're going to be sorry that they He's a mate. No. They love yeah. him, but they also love it that he's going to be paid what they think he's worth on the open market. Totally agree. Mm. He, he won't train any, any less. Just on this, boys, and while we're talking about contracts, we haven't even got into the players off contract. What's your view on this push this week around players' salaries should be divulged? I honestly don't see what we'll achieve by doing that. So... The Roosters, for example, they're either meeting the cap or they're not. It'll if, prove if, some clubs are doing a really good job. But if they're meeting the cap, which which they are, they clearly are, the NRL's not just saying nothing to see here, then the NRL are privy to these contracts. So they're the ones who ultimately have to sign off it. Who cares if Joe Bloggs in the public knows how much Jared Weirhover is earning? 
why would that change anything? Like, honestly, I, I, I don't see how that would – all it does is is they get the, the visibility of the books and they go, okay, well, Brandon Smith's on 600 or whatever it is. And then it's more conjecture. People say he's not on 600. And they start saying that's not right. And, and we end up in the same position. What advantage right. do we have? We do end up in the same position. Yeah, we do. We do. Because it proves that Melbourne and Penrith and Roosters do an amazing job yeah. at managing their cap. But we'll come back to the same argument to say, well, how does Joseph Sualee only be on $300,000? Well, because he's 90 years of age. Yeah. It maybe makes it worse. Yeah. At the moment... Regardless of what you think, it's all disguised in one package. Mm. When you start saying this player's on this, he, people's heads are going to fall off going, how are you going to get this We know player? what the journo's going to say, aren't yeah. we? But what, what do you <laughs> think, What's the journo say? Oh, it'd be fascinating. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, look, of course. But, uh, of course we'd want to see it. But, it, Boy, I, but what, what, no, no, what but will I, it help? I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't change anything. Like, like it's like, how does... How does Newcastle lose a bidding war for Dom Young? Yes. How, you know, like that's outrageous. Yes. Mm. And and then we get back to what we were talking about before is market value. So if the NRL says like that guy is, is turning down that much from this club, then it doesn't make sense that he's going to that club. Like, yeah. What 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 price do you put on the fact that you catch you you catch by Trent Robinson, you live at Bondi Junction, you're going to play finals footy every year. They're still intangibles, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Well, apparently Jake Friend's got about five or six trucks running around for his plumbing business. No, seriously. Does he have that at another club? Like, like he may or may not. But what I'm saying is, every every club has got those people. Those the, people who can push you, mentor and, you, and teach you about yeah. business and making the right decisions. And but not every club has got multiple nah, of those individuals. Right. And that's that's fortunate for the Roosters that they've been able to build those. You know, from from Nick Politis when he started sponsoring City Ford, started sponsoring in the 70s, the first official major sponsors of a of a rugby league side. Yep. He's continued to build that, just that that treasure chest of wealth and yep. knowledge. Yep. It would be nice to see them miss out on a player every now and then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> I know, they, I know they, they don't get, miss. They didn't get Tom Flegler, but they get pretty much everyone. They do. They do. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, we didn't even get to the players. We might get to them a little bit later. Get the game you want when you want this NRL season on KO Sports. Plenty more still to come. You have got seven and a half minutes to hit us with a thumbs up if you want to join the Let It Ride inaugural tipping competition. That's coming up after this. Ah, uh, no, you love your fantasy sets. Rugby league I'm talking about. Game day squad spot <laughs> Callum Stone's going to join us. Crunch time brought to you by Before You Dig Australia. New sponsor with us here on SCN. We appreciate their company, Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy and their founder, Callum Stone, is with us on the line. How you going, Callum? Good, mate. How you guys going? Mate, great. And thank you to your team at Game Day Squad for getting behind this great program. Uh, tell us your background and how you started Game Day Squad. Yeah, so for me, it started when I was about five years old and all I wanted ever to do was play footy and I didn't care if it was soccer, NRL, AFL, any type of footy. I wanted to play it. But if you guys could see me, you probably would see that I don't quite have the body to play footy. So while I tried my best throughout my teenage years... I can relate. I listen, listen Callum, as I, as, I, as I watch Sugar just hoe into a <laughs> some sort of chicken sandwich, he doesn't look like he's about Black to play any small. sort of sport as well. Sorry, continue, mate. <laughs> No, no. So I ended up at university and I studied a master's in applied finance. And the whole time, me and all my nerdy, nerdy mates were playing nothing but fantasy footy. And I don't know if you guys or any of your listeners have ever played fantasy sports, but it is the most contagious game you can get involved with if you love footy. It's just fantastic. So 
as numbers guys, we thought we had an advantage on everyone, but unfortunately, just like in real footy, it's not a perfect system. So yeah, we found ourselves in COVID. Um, we'd made it, we were lucky we made a little bit of money on the share market and there was five of us and we cashed that in and set out to build a, a pro, the project, the best uh, ultimate fantasy football platform we could. And yeah, I like to say game day squad was built by nerds who wanted to be great players, but unfortunately we ended up just becoming great coaches instead. Well, yeah, we have a lot of listeners that are listening right now, Callum, and also you know, a lot of my friends that always play fantasy sports and super coaches, whatever it may be. So what makes what makes yours different? So what we're really different is that when our, our cards and our, so our players, unlike other traditional platforms where you can choose from all different sorts of players to build your team, you can only actually select the players that you have and own physical digital cards. So all our players are player cards. And if you don't actually own the digital player cards, you can't actually select them in your team every week. So unlike traditional fantasy where you can have the whole pool and you pick, you've actually got to go out and find the players, in whether it's in, in the, on the market or in packs to build your best team. And the other thing we do quite differently is that we're a dynasty platform, which means that unlike those traditional platforms, our platform doesn't reset at the end of the year. So when you collect cards, they're actually yours forever. So imagine in that case, if you picked up someone like Jonathan Thurston and you picked up his rookie card, you'd get to have him dominating in your squad for his whole career. And then at the end, when he retires, he turns into a digital collectible, which if anyone's ever seen what the, the Michael Jordan rookie card goes for, people um, really like those, uh, those cards. Wow. Okay. So just to – look, I'm a layman when it comes to this. When you buy can, – can any number of people buy this kid who's coming through the ranks? Is that what happens? And then you've got them forever? So, yeah, we've got a limited number of player cards and we've got lots of different tiers. But essentially what there is, there's a fixed amount. And if you really like the player, let's say Sammy Walker, yep. you'd have to go out and you'd have to find him. But the way it's set up, not everyone can have a Sammy Walker in their team. So just like the old school days where if you could go to the news agents and you found a Sammy Walker in a, in a pack yep. and you've opened it up and he was there, fantastic. But if you don't, then you've got to jump onto, we've got a marketplace built into our platform. So you can actually do the old school buying, selling and trading with other coaches to try and get those Sammy Walker cards into your team if that's who you really want. But can you arrange for people to meet down on the corner block and play a bit of a flick card? And, and whoever goes the furthest collects all cards. Is there a yeah. stimmer? Is there a chewing gum that comes with it as well? That's right. <laughs> we, we couldn't find a way to get the chewing gums online, but we have got it in a mobile app. So in, in everyone's pocket, you can jump on and that marketplace is there and you can reach out to a whole bunch of different coaches who are buying, selling and trading those cards. So hopefully that's a little bit easier than running into someone on a corner block trying to give you a Sammy Walker card or a Payne Haas. Yeah, we've all got it on um, on your phone in your pocket. Okay, so who's the most sought-after player, Callum, if you're looking at it right now on this very day, today? Oh, today. Just what I've loved seeing, just with the season kicking off, we're seeing uh, people from the weekend or the games last couple really become popular. So Paddy Carrigan after last night, I know everyone wants him, and it was crazy to see Thursday night how many people wanted Hopgood. But in terms of the long thing, the long game that we play here at Game Day Squad, it would be with players like Haas and Sam Walker and probably someone like Nathan Cleary, who's not only going to help you win this year, but he's the sort of player that's going to help you win for the next 10 years. Hey, Callum, I've always wanted to do this, and I'm, I'm sorry that you need to be the person who I debut with, but you know <laughs> those morning shows, how they have those sales segments? Yeah. And it's contrived questions yeah. that yes. they have. They, they really contrive questions. Can I have a go at that with you, Callum? Yeah, go for it. Okay, for Callum. It. So, Callum, tell me, how much does it cost? And if I've missed the kick this weekend, can we still sign up? <laughs> 
Absolutely. The Game Day Sports is free to play in the park. You can download the app. It's on the Apple Store. It's on the Play Store. You can jump on a desktop if that's your thing. It's free to play. You jump on, you get 30 free cards when you sign up, and you get three players free every week for just jumping on. And just even though round one started, it's definitely not too late. We've got things open. So if you want to jump on, jump on, even though it's Saturday and a couple of games have gone, our competitions are still open for the season. So, yeah, jump on. No one's missed out. And everyone can try and have a chance to, to win Premiership glory this year. That's so, good news for yeah. you, Sugar, because it's too late for you in your NRL tipping. So you yeah. need something else. You, you need a, a yes. little slice. I know. I yeah. know. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, if yeah. you're going bad in your tipping, you can just start up the fantasy squad and That's off right. you go. That's yeah. right. And what I love about that, which we'll do one day really properly, uh, Callum, is we've got to look at it. We're not even looking at each other. We're looking at diagonal cameras on the autoprompter. And I'm asking the question and you're asking the question on the other side. Uh, Callum, outstanding work. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of interest coming through on the text board to game day squad where you can create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Um, fantastic stuff, Callum Stone. And we look forward to speaking throughout the year. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Callum Stone uh, on board with Crunch Time for 2023 Game Day Squad here on SEN. Yes, Sets? I was going to say, when you were growing up as a kid, was there? did you collect the cards? Yes. I, I searched everywhere and tried to swap packs of cards. All I wanted was a Mal Meninga so, card for so South you know, Magpies. So what we used to do is we used to flick the cards towards a wall yep. and whoever was closest to the wall would get the card. That's right. Yeah, but the issue is you're actually damaging your cards. Like you, They're all like dog-eared yeah. or whatever <laughs> else. Right. It's, it's, it's just a stupid thing to do. At York Public School back in the day, uh, the Scanlon crew, the Scanlon yes. gang, right? what they used to do, this is out at Penrith, South Penrith, uh, we, we would flick our cards, right, and they had a, like a bit of a cohort there in operation, and they get winning all the cards. So all of a sudden, they had every single card <laughs> and the power of five, and we there was a little bit of a coup. We found out they were sticky taping Waited. two cards together. Oh. Oh, it was a big conspiracy in back the in the day. Only, Only in the riff. Ah, <laughs> uh, South Penrith, York Public School. Here we come. This is the run home. In fact, it's not the run home. It's crunch time with Sats, Adrian Brezenko, <laughs> the Seal. More to come after this. Year warranty manly taking on the Bulldogs. We'll get to that very, very shortly. Ahead of the Let It Ride debut, this man here who tipped the run home audience, Bears Head, and myself and the team, a wonderful winner down there in Canberra. His name's Fitzy and he's on the Gold Coast. G'day, Fitz. Hello, boys. How are we? Uh, you sent me a little clip, Fitzy. I haven't had a chance yet to uh, watch the video or the trainer's report, so to speak. Is this the tip you got? Yeah, Eduardo, mate. Phone oh. up. Really? The more you bet, the more you win. Is that right? <laughs> He's a mad Joe Pride man, our man, Fitzy. Yeah. Yep. No, no worrying about holding back. If you have one bet today, this is your one. Sorry, boys, it's windy where I am. It's a bit Yothu Yindi, Fitzy. I'll tell you what we're, I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell we're going to do for you, Fitz. And I've made an executive decision here. You're going to open the batting on Let It Ride, okay? Because you've got all this confidence Sorry, about at Eduardo. So what's going to happen between two and five... All of the races that which are at Eagle Farm, Ramwick, and Flemington, you need to tip a horse to place, right? So it's a mighty assignment for you because you've got to tip 14 races in a row. But, you know, we need someone to lead the charge. So you're going to open up the batting. When we conclude this conversation, you're going to have to give the seal or call back to the seal with your tips in the first four or five races just to get you going. And as long as they keep placing, you'll stay in the chair. And uh, if you're in the chair for the last race, you win the prize. This prize pool is building. Don't you worry about that. Pride is the number one prize. Anyway, what do you think about that, Fitz? Yep, I'm in. I'll um, I'll send them through. Right, so, so text them in. 
Uh, well, yeah, you can if you want. Text them in even better. So start looking at uh, the early races, Eagle Farm, Flemington and Ramwick, and uh, you're going to open the batting and then we'll reveal who else is in the batting order after that. We've got a stack of people who have put the thumbs up emoji, which is fantastic. Anything else you got, Fitz? No, that's about it, boys. City rang Sports Day during the week. Good luck, good luck, good luck with the new show. Yeah, how is Matt Sears? So he rang, he rang because Matty Rogers has taken over from Gary Belcher. Badger's retired, um, and so Fitzy from the Gold Coast rang up the show and said, "Because Matty Rogers is yeah, there, yeah, yeah. what do you think of Matty Sears?" And we go, "Well, good player, quick, good yeah. outside back. Yeah, probably should have played for his country." He said, "No, nah, no, Matty's ears, Matty Rogers' ears." <laughs> <laughs> you got us. Righto, Fitz. You, you, marking centre for Let It Ride, and you've got a place. You've got a place. So we're looking for all races between two and five, Eagle Farm, Flemington, and Ramwick, and uh, you just got to keep picking the place. So if you want to put in all 14 tips, there's 14 races in that time. Go for your life, if so confident. Uh, by the way, I do need to share this. Three and a half minutes away from jumping, race, the next race coming up at Flemington, and Bears head Brian Fletcher, very bullish about Kalos. Kalos. I think Jamie Carr might be the pilot. It's the all blue for Godolphin. Bears head very keen about Kalos. WBW, all care, no responsibility. Will slid into the DMs as well. I better share his uh, great will. So for the betterment of the team. Uh, boys, uh, yeah, Will Will sent me this. Will has sent this. He said, uh, g'day, boys. WBW, Flemington, race six, number 15. Flemington, race six. Number 15. Thank you very much, Willis. Uh, 1-300-01-1170. Canterbury taking on Manly. Thank you very much, Fitzy. You get the studying on, and you're going to open up the batting for the Let It Ride. Uh, 3 p.m., Four Pines Park. 2 p.m. if you're in Queensland. Seagulls, no late change expected for new coach Anthony Seabold as Manly look to register a win in round one for the first time since 2013. What? Which, coincidentally, they went very close to winning the grand final. Tom Trebojevic returns, and... Uh, he scored seven tries in his past three games against the Bulldogs. For the Bulldogs, no changes. We know the big fella's out, Luke Thompson. He'll be out for, is it the year? No, not necessarily. They think it might not be as bad as first thought. It might only be a couple of months. But they're going to be very short on uh, on middles for this game. But the, the guy I'm really um, looking forward to seeing is Paul Alamotti. Making his Good debut player. in really. the centres. Center. So mm. when... The NRL changed the rules for Joseph Suwali to, to play before his 18th birthday. There was a bit of talk that even they might do the same thing at Canterbury with Paul Alamotti. And ultimately, they, they decided to play the long game. And he's had a few injuries as well. But he's been compared to, you know, Sonny Bill Williams, which is obviously a, wow. bit, a bit premature. But I actually spoke to Sonny about him and he said, I, I know him. I've seen him. Uh, he's actually played with my um, cousin, Phil Makatoa, for, in the lower grades. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, it reminds, reminds me of a young, he's a lot bigger, but the way that he plays, Michael Jennings. Oh, yep. really? Just blistering on his feet. Great footwork, but he's a he's a good-sized kid too. Like, yeah. really in proportion. Yep. Yeah. The, the interesting Out thing. Out and centre, sorry, Sats? Oh, yeah, just the centre. He's a centre. Yeah. Okay, yep. yep. The interesting thing is that Sonny actually uh, went back to Belmore for the first time yeah. in 15 years, since 2008, just recently. Wow. So um, Cameron Serrato said, but can you do the jersey presentation on game day? And he said, I can't because I've got other commitments. And he said, well, why don't you come down and have a chat to the boys about your story? And he came in and it was the first time in 15 years that Since he, he took officially, off at midnight. officially yeah. went in the, in the dark of night and all of that sort of stuff. And he wow. said, the first thing he said was, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. And that is my departure and the way I went about it. And he said, 
look, would I do it again? Even now, knowing everything that I know, he said, you know what, I probably would, but I would have done it a whole different way. And I was just a young guy who was wild and, and had all these emotions and didn't know how to express them. And with the fullness of time, you know, in hindsight, I would have done it differently. But he still said, I'd make the same decision. But he goes, I feel like I'm at home. And my, my other regret is I should have come back sooner. So it was just would have been a real pick-me-up for those young kids, guys like Paul, Alamotti, yeah. hearing that from from someone that they would have idolised. I'll find the game. I, I, I'm guessing, and I'm probably wrong, but I'll, I was calling a game at 2GB. And people say Rival Stadium. I'm, I'm happy to say it's 2GB. And I was calling the game with Andrew Moore. And the text board came through, and I pointed to Andrew. I said, have a look at this. Oh, this is about the rumours at the airport? Yeah, so, so yeah. somebody said, listen, I'm – at the airport, and I'm working for the airport, and I can tell you now, 100%, Sonny Bill Williams has just left the country, and I kept hitting the text board. I said, Andrew, I think so. Then you have a break because it's very hard to know what to do. Mm. You know, like you're banking on someone. I said, I reckon this is legit, and I actually knew the person who who would text us. Anyway, it was legit, and the world exploded after that in the sporting world and all those sorts of things. But I reckon it was, I'll find the game. I've got a feeling it was very close to, do you remember when Canberra put 70 on Penrith? Yep. And Terry Campisi could have broken Malmeninga's record, but he gave the last kick away. And I think it was like Herbert or somebody like that. And if he takes the kick, which is right in front, he's, he's the most prolific point scorer in a match ever. For Canberra, but as it turns out, he now remains tied. But wasn't that a big story? Huge. Paul Kent wrote a book about it. Yep. Didn't he? And I, I remember it happened on a Saturday night, and we're all trying, we'd all heard these rumours going on. And I remember ringing Todd Greenberg on the Saturday night, and he was still trying to get At his Canterbury, dinner. wasn't he? Was he the yes. CEO of the yes. Yes. Was Okay. So, so that happened in 2008. I, and I've just looked it up. I remember writing this. Uh, May 18 in 2008, a couple of months before it, I'd heard that he was going to go. Wow. And and I'd ridden it and, and it sort of got lost a bit because it was around origin time and all that sort of stuff. But it's like he was disgruntled. You were, you, know, you were hearing about all these things that the club was trying to do to appease him. They were talking about doing a, like an international day. There were questions about whether he was injured or not. He'd missed a couple Hang of Hang on. Games. Sorry, Adrian. Clap, please, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Here he is. Bears head, Brian Fletcher. And what about his timing? Oh, yes, he's just tipped everyone here. The all blue, Brian. Well done, Brian. Thank you. I'll see you you in uh, 13 minutes. 12 minutes. Yes. You said extra hot. Yes. (laughs) Bears head, Brian Fletcher here. Kalos, uh, the blue pyjamas, if you don't mind. Well done to you, Brian Fletcher. Um, Well done to you, young man. What a start for Let It Ride. Uh, Congratulations. Sorry, Adrian. I rudely interrupted. Not at all. No, just one of the, the – I reckon it's one of the biggest rugby league stories I've covered. Yeah. And even now, you know, 15 years on for him to be able to be welcomed back into the inner sanctum. And it's interesting because I've got a few Bulldogs mates and some of them were so passionate about it. Some of them said, oh, it's, it's great that he's back and, mm. and always forgiven. And others have gone, I will never – Forgive. It's un- even yeah. even after 15 years later. It's 2008. It's unprecedented, wasn't it? Like yeah. You'd never see – you may see it in America yeah. where they can throw their toys out of the cotton and yeah. refuse to play or train, whatever it may be. We don't see it in Australian sport where someone will just pack up and disappear in the dead of Literally night. Literally went in the dead of night. Yeah. And in the end, they had brokered a fee that he had to pay as compensation yeah. for doing that. And it was Anthony Mundine has got out his wallet – put out 750 large 
in order to to smooth it all over so that they wouldn't put an injunction on him and stop him from playing overseas. I'd do that for you, Sats. I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> That's big, isn't it? Oh, here's a lazy 750. Uh, no <laughs> that, that was back back then as well. Wow. Hey, just, just really quickly, um, we've got the is it Western, Sub- Western Sea Eagles up against the Canary Bulldogs in the New South Wales Cup, and Josh Reynolds is playing for Canterbury. They're down 16-0. They're now at to score again out to go 26-16. In the first half, he, he was having an absolute blinder, Josh Reynolds. Was he? Was, yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, you get to see all three grades. Uh, sellout, we're told, out at Brookvale, Four Pines Park. Canterbury, as you mentioned, 26-16 in the reserve grade kick to come. This is crunch time. Plenty more still to come. Brian Bearshead, Fletcher Callos in the blue pyjamas. <laughs> we say thank you. <laughs> Certainly is. We're building up to Saturday football, all thanks to Best Shed's 15% off sale. Uh, by the way, big race today, the English Sprint. That's at 3.40. Canterbury Stakes at 4 p.m. And then uh, the main event, the Australian Guineas at 4.20. Randwick Guineas at 4.40. So there's plenty happening here for the debut session of Let It Ride. We're looking forward to that. Bears says Fletcher. He's in the mounting yard. He's learning to go. Uh, and tomorrow, Sunday crunch time from midday, Jaleesa Apps, James Magnuson and Stevie Philp. And then from 2 p.m., an all-new show, The Last Word, with Barney and the Professor. Wrapping up the weekend in sport. Uh, Adrian, today... Can I, can I just say, it's an inauspicious start for Fletch. He's just come in and he spilt a, gl- a bottle of water yeah. all over his keyboard. Yeah. All over his keyboard? Yeah, okay. oh, over someone's yeah. keyboard. Oh. Like he spilled it over his studio in here, <laughs> which costs about 10 grand to fix. Uh, okay, the winner of the Supercars tickets for next weekend, Mark from Newcastle. That's good. Uh, because he gets to go to the Supercar Series at Newcastle. It'll be live from midday next Sunday on SEN and the SEN app. That's round one of the 2023 Supercar Series. Uh, what a start for Bearshead, who's about to join us. We look forward to that. Kitchen's going everywhere. What I'll say as well, boys, what we're going to do from next week, yep. we're going to have a competition, and we want you to nominate your local footy club. Right? It needs to be a senior club. Okay. So um, we're going to select 20 local footy clubs, and we're going to have a tipping comp throughout the day. It's promotion and relegation. Bottom 10 gone. Top 10 get to stay in the seat for as long as they want to go. And there'll be a prize to the winning club. So if you know a local tipster at your club, get them in. We're done. Adrian, you're done. Oh, there you go. You're Saturday. Are you actually well, done no, for the day? No, it's it's just warming up. I'm going out to the uh, Sharks Rabbitohs tonight. Oh, so what that a game. will be a blockbuster. How big an out's Nico? Can they still win? I would have tipped uh, Sharks if he was in, for yeah. sure. But... Yeah. Yeah, South will be too good. Do you remember this time last year, after well, about a month into the season, the most talked about player was Sisyphus Talakai. Mm. Can he reignite the form? South Sydney's right edge a little bit. How are you going? Anyway, Adrian, outstanding way to start crunch time for 2023. We appreciate your company. Sats and I going nowhere, nor is the maestro. Bears head after this, let it ride.